The actual you is a breath mm. of fresh air, is the truth. You just being honestly you about how you feel, what you're needing, how crazy you were yesterday, it gives everyone, ah, oh, I can be real too. What a fucking relief. This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. Jamie Cato was a founding member of British electronica band Faithless. And he was creator, producer and director of the multi-award-winning One Giant Leap films and albums. He now leads transformative workshops on creativity and relationships all over the world. And his film about spiritual teacher Ram Das is due out in September 2019. This episode was actually recorded about a year ago while I was still busy creating The Love Challenge, an online course about dating relationships. And we jump into the conversation there, talking about the keys to healthy relationships. So you run workshops on relationships. Yeah. What comes up? I mean, what are the classic things that come up? Is there one thing behind it all? Visibility. Right. And kindness are the Mm. two keys. I've been reading this book, which is a very old book now, that Mm. I'm the last to read, called Your Brain on Love. Oh, yeah. Right. Stanley Tatkin or something like that. Isn't right. it? And it kind of almost says that the way we respond to each other because of our early bonding experiences mm. with our parents, particularly that it's inevitable how we are going to pinball off each other and how I'm going to bring mm. this out in you and you're going to bring this out in me. Yeah. This this about you is going to make me want to pull away whenever this happens. And you, we have to learn to caretake for each other. We have to not yeah. go into a relationship like, I've got my stuff, you've got yours. You just deal with yours, I'll deal with mine. It's like this yeah. really low energy, not loving, sort mm. of low new agey, idiotic way when actually... When you go into a relationship with someone, really, mm. you are agreeing to become, if not the parent of their inner child, you're mm. certainly agreeing to become the step-parent yeah. of their inner child. It's like, you don't have to, but if you're not going in with your eyes open that this, this is the kind of care this person needs, yeah. and these are their triggers, and these are their mm. swamps and forests and cliffs and quarries, mm. if you're not willing to take that on with someone else to some degree, yeah. then you're always going to be in resentment and whatever. Mm. But watching yourself in the date commentating mm. kindly right. knowing that that shit's at play and daring to do daring mm. to be you can be naughty without being sleazy you can be mm. you can be forward without being brutish and dominating yeah yeah and i think i guess what's going on actually is the opposite which is that the the internal commentary is uh more like you're screwing this up or yeah. you're you failed again uh or um uh, or, you know... So, right, that's not the commentary. So what I'm saying is, like, yeah. that's the commentary you've got running. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying there's a com- there's a commentary booth behind that commentary oh, okay. that is watching <laughs> the toxic commentary yeah, yeah. and you on the date, Okay, but it's kind. Yeah. There's a place behind that commentator's yeah. booth that you're talking about. That's like... That yeah. commentator's booth is still in the ego drama, is still in the story of the date. And yeah. I'm saying the commentator's booth that sits a bit further back yeah. in, the, in the royal box looking at the whole of planet Earth... Yeah, and isn't thinking those unkind things. It's chuckling mm. and be feeling compassionate, if anything. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice idea. 
That's the only way to live, not just for this particular <laughs> yeah. issue. Yeah. If you haven't got that commentator box yes. that's sitting there being kind and loving you and finding your constant failure adorable yeah. and not having any agenda for you to evolve one inch and just totally mm. loving you as you are, if you mm. if that's not switched on, you're not going to have a very, very nice life. Mm. It's going to be agonising. You're going to believe all the inner commentary boxes that are talking shit, the slave driver, head fuck yeah. FM, I call it. Yeah, you're going to believe all that because it's it's been on so long. All those voices that are sent to protect yes. us, the DJs of Headfuck FM, or all these yeah. different ways we try and. You know. That's a good name for a book. What Headfuck FM? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. First yeah. thing I was just talking about now about who's in the commentator box. Who is the you? What are eyes are you looking at mm. you know, through life? You can look through the eyes of you're a failure, this is rubbish, and that head part of Headfuck FM can just dominate your life. Yeah. But you have a choice. One of the very, very, very few ways we have any choice to be mm. powerful on this planet is we can choose which filter we look through life, which channel we look through life on, the optimist or the pessimist. Yeah. That is in within our... And it doesn't have to be optimist like I unrealistically pie-in-the-sky naive mm. optimist, but a general outlook that... I'm going to use the intelligence of everything that's happening to illuminate me and be kind to myself and the true compassionate, kind nature that is me that knows that I'm a mess just like everyone's a mess and I'm no more or less of a mess. You know, I'm just like cluelessly feeling around in the dark like everybody else. Hmm. To have some agenda that I should be doing better, I don't think you should be doing better. I don't think my sister should be doing better. Hmm. I don't think anyone else I know should be doing better. Why do I think I should be doing better? (laughs) You know, it's bullshit. Hmm. Um, so to treat myself just not with extra special blah 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 although that yeah. would be nice just equally with everyone else kind compassionate like yeah. you would normally and if that isn't the voice in the booth hmm. then don't worry don't even bother doing any projects because right. they will be moving from all your lack of self-esteem it'll just be shitty projects yeah yeah you end up using instead of this beautiful unicorn which is your creative muse mm. you end up saddling it like a donkey to carry your self-esteem issues up a hill that's not your creative project's job that's interesting <laughs> we kind of switched topic now but it's but it's really i re-watched the, the, the interview we did uh, last year and that's the thing that really struck me that you're you so were, diligent i know <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I see your pile of books and you're reading the reading up on our kind of stuff, so that you know, it's uh, cool. Well, yeah. Well, uh, what I was interested in is is that concept of of you've got to come from the right place when you do a creative project. Which we, I mean, that, you know what? I believe that to be true, and yes. that's what I teach. But there's tons of millions of twats out there that are not coming up from the right place doing their creative projects. They're doing fucking brilliant work. So yeah. You know, I don't know how, how dropped in Peter Jackson was when he did the Lord of the Rings trilogy or yeah. whatever. Maybe he was deep and beautiful and conscious, but maybe he was just fucking spending some crazy budget and having the creative mm. time of his life. So I like to teach what, you know, it's so important where you're coming yeah. from because I do believe that it will have the yeah. vibration that goes out into the world. But I don't think it's necessarily a recipe for success. Right. So it's a kind of, that's interesting, actually, yeah. If if success to you is loving your life every day, enjoying the process, enjoying the people you're with, and Mm. in the end, whether the movie got an Oscar or disappeared without trace, Mm. you love the process of it, you love what you made, and that had its own value, and you would have done it anyway. Yeah. If your criteria for it having been worth doing was it was materially successful, then that's a huge narrowing of the aperture of what value really means. Yeah, so this is the eternal art versus commerce question, which is if you're going to be 
if you want to follow just the artistic route and you just follow that inner becoming, whatever that thing is that's emerging within you next. It depends what your, what your, it depends what your priority is. And mm. I've realised, maybe because I've had a lot of death around me in my life, mm. I've realised that the only criteria for deciding anything and what mm. is valuable is how will you feel on your deathbed. Yeah. And if I fast forward to my deathbed and I think of a life full of projects where I really fucking sucked the marrow out of every one of them and joined mm. all the people I was doing it with and really came up with stuff that resonated and, and, a, and a certain lot, a lot of people enjoyed them. I'm not saying yeah. it was Peter Jackson, but, you know, like... Yeah. It, I'm going to be happier on my deathbed that I always... Like the bursary system in my workshops. Yeah. It's a fucking hassle financially to do this limitless bursary system yeah. and who's going to be honourable and who's going to fucking abuse it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to let everyone... You know, you just... To be 100% inclusive, you can't... You've got to take the hits of all the dishonourable yeah. people and all this money scarcity people who could afford it but just got ideas that they can't afford it. Yeah. You've got to take the hit for all of those people. But on my deathbed... Been, having been that purist about the 100% mm. inclusivity, I know it feels good now and I know it's going to feel good then. Mm. And so my value on projects, of course I want them all to make a million mm. quid and I've done some projects unexpectedly that in a half day mm. made me like half a million pounds and I've had mm. other projects I've spent four years on mm. that still owe me money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not like um, you can predict, you're rolling a million-sided dice every time you do anything when it comes to money-making. Yeah. If there was some formula for making it make money without some five million marketing budget, tell mm. me it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. It's a mystery. So you've got to, the one thing you must make sure is that you're fucking loving the process and enjoying it. And actually that helps uh, in being prolific because I do think there's a, there's a commonality that the people who have hits, um, I mean, a few people just manage to hit the, 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 the mark every time. But most people, they get there by being prolific. So the really famous artists uh, and musicians typically have put out an awful lot of content over the years. You've never heard, like when David Gray's album White Ladders came out with the song Babylon, which was just like, I mean, to most people, it was this new artist, David Gray, and it was Mm. the biggest thing ever. It was like his fifth album. Yeah. Well done him, you know. That's right. Harry Potter woman. How many fucking refusals did she get? Like 39 or something absolutely. You'd think when you were sending off number 38 or 28 that you'd be like, well, maybe this isn't as fucking good as I think it is. And like, um, Picasso supposedly did something like uh, 80,000, 50,000 artworks in his lifetime. But, you know, the, that includes things that are a single line sketch. So he's doing three a day every day for the for his entire life. And, uh, and it makes you realise that perhaps that might have something to do with his success. Why he's Picasso? Because he's doing yeah. it anyway. That's that's yeah. how you know someone's going to be a master of something. Mm. And why I almost advise everyone to not start your project if it doesn't fit in this filter. Would yeah. you be doing this anyway if you yeah. had all your life expenses paid? Right. Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then that's a definite. That's one of the mm. sacred door gateways of should you be doing this project? Yeah. And that was my thinking. You know, I've got this somewhat out there idea which is to run the love challenge this program based on things i've run before but we're in the business and creative space but we're about changing your attitude to dating relationships in 30 days and it just excites me and i think it will be fun and i think there'll be some business learning out of it because it will be starting uh, almost like starting a new business and building traffic and building an email list and marketing it and so on and in the process, I'll learn some interesting things about dating and relationships for myself. 
Um, but I think it seems like a topic that a lot of people are interested in. I mean, pretty much everyone's interested in the topic of dating relationships, aren't they? Well, are you? That's an interesting. <laughs> it's, it's your interest yes. in it, which is the only thing that's interesting. Right, okay. Because it, that's what makes you come alive. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about whether it's dating, horse racing, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. they only want to see the light in someone's eyes yeah. coming alive and their project be alive with that. So if it's, yeah. if it's making you come alive and it's current for you at the moment and fascinating and curious, yeah. that dripping off you... Mm. through your project into the people that aliveness mm. is what people will be attracted to it may happen to be about dating so you don't worry about yeah. whether, of course you know you can argue that you know there's always room for things to do with dating or things to do with food mm. or things to do with what really is the focus is turn it on yourself is yeah. it making you come alive it's that aliveness that people are going to queue up to see and yeah. experience right yeah that's why when we sometimes cut our films they have a lot of interviews in them. Yeah. You, if you're doing a film, you, if you, any of your listeners are doing a film which involve a lot of different talking heads interviews mm-hmm. in their film, just for kinky factor, mm-hmm. do a cut where you turn all the sound, you take all those interviews mm-hmm. and you t- you edit them with the sound off. Yeah. And you just look at their eyes. Yeah. And only any minute where you see them kind of come alive mm. and their eyes light up as they're beginning to really express something, which will probably be three times throughout the whole hour you're talking to them yeah. or whatever, could be 30. Just cut those bits together from yeah. all the interviews you've shot, not ever listening to a word, and then watch what you've got. And you'll find out what your film really is about, not what you thought that you were going to make. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and it's that phrase, go where the energy is, both in yourself, but also in the people that you're featuring as well. So how did you end up making a film about Ram Das? Where did that come from? He is my number one go-to absolute icon of perfection when it comes mm. to self-development or anything to do with religion or spirituality. Mm. He, he, to me, is the living embodiment. I mean, I'm not saying he's the fucking Dalai Lama, mm. but just like how he approached being a teacher, which mm. is basically being a stand-up, basically making himself the cautionary tale. He's so, it's so yeah. humble, but in the best way. It's mm. not humble like some fucking self-flagellating monk going along, mm. thing, you know, doing humble. It actually is humble of this lineage of teaching mischie- mischievously, vulnerably, mm. hilariously, playfully. Um, no big deal, like Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche used to say, the Tibetan mm-hmm. master, no big deal. Just like not making such a big melodrama out of it, laughing at the melodrama as it goes past kind, loving, loving awareness. His whole path of loving awareness and the way he delivers it in so taking the piss out of himself in the funniest way, such a sad clown, is to me the perfect cocktail of how to deliver spirituality and how to experience spirituality. If it's not playful, if it's not playful, it's not wise. Yeah. Um, And um, so... And he was also the daddy of the genre in a way. He was the first person to mm. write a self-help book, which was Be Here Now in the yeah. 1970. I mean, he was the first kind of guy to come back from India and try and make it mainstream. Mm. And his guru, his teacher in India, was a fucking amazing saint. It wasn't just like some geezer. The whole story of how he meets the guru and he was going around America. That's not in our film, by the way. Mm. The, the biographical part of it isn't in the film. Mm. The thing about him is he's so fucking funny. Mm. and sweet and warm and has been what has switched me on in my life and so I wanted to make the film which was like in a way awful they would hate the producers in America would hate it if I was saying this publicly (laughs) fuck it Um, it's like the Ram Ram Das greatest hits 
You know, yeah. it's like the absolute biggest laughs, the funniest, warmest, <laughs> everything I love about him yeah. in one film. So that when he dies, everyone can, who wants to get the roundass hit can come and meet him in this film of all mm. his funniest, silliest, but most deep bits. Mm. And um, <coughs> so that's what I wanted to make, the legacy of the the, what, the go-to source for everything I love about roundass mm. so that everyone can love him forever. I can die happy if we nail this film. Mm. And um, all it's really showcased. I mean, One Giant Leap, the two last One Giant Leap films mm. we made, which was a diversity of everyone from Eckhart Toller and Ramblers, but also music leads, Michael Stein, Dennis Hopper, and Alanis, and Santana, mm. and Stuart Copeland, you know, the best musicians, the best everybody, was another kind of showcase. Yeah. In the way I want to say, hey, everyone, look at Ramdas, look how fucking amazing he is. One Giant Leap was, look at this singer, look at that drummer, look at this string player, look at this deep person, mm-hmm. look at Marianne Williamson, listen to Neil Donald Walsh, look what Bob Geldof is saying. Mm-hmm. It's interesting about men, you know. And it's all showcasing. Mm. Yeah. It's, and what Curating. So if there was one message that came out of the Ram Dass film and, and everything you've learned from him, can you boil it down to one message? Lighten up. Oh, really? <laughs> Stop being so busy. Right. Getting enlightened. Just fucking lighten up and really, really bring as much kindness yeah. and joy and, and equanimity to this moment as you have. Whatever mm. your practice is, even if having toddlers is your practice, that's mm. a strong practice. Relationship is a strong practice. Whatever you're doing, mm. they call it in India karma yoga. It's like mm. the, whatever is being thrown towards you by your life mm. is your yoga, is exactly what the divine intelligence has in store for you in the conveyor mm. belt of your curriculum. And trust that it's loving. <laughs> it takes some ovaries to trust that it's loving sometimes. Mm. But even if it's not true, you'll live the healthiest, most productive life you available by doing mm. it. That's what I love about the thing. Is that it actually doesn't matter if there is no beautiful, divine, loving mm-hmm. intelligence running it, because whether there is or there isn't, to treat it as if there is, I'm yeah. going to have the most productive, illuminating, hilarious, mm. free, abundant life that's available to me. Yeah. I really like that message of kindness. That's, that's kind of good. You know, that... Um, Someone was saying to me that quote, uh, observe yourself with loving kindness or observe yourself with compassion. That's basically the whole of the... It's the whole game. The whole game. And that's what lightening up is. Mm. Because when you do that, obviously, you're so much more forgiving. Like Anthony DeMello wrote a beautiful book about mm. humility, about his humility. It's so sweet. Because, you know, people say you're stupid. Instead of going, I'm not stupid and defending it, he goes, mm. God, stupid. Do you think that's stupid? You should have heard what I said mm. yesterday. That was stupid. And he's very much got that thing. And to have that... That kind of humility, which is not humility like I'm trying to be more humble than you. It's not competitive humility. Mm. It's not so God will like me humility. It's genuinely knowing you are a fuckwit, Mm -hmm. that you're in total chaos like everybody else. And the fact, but for the grace of God, we're Mm. still suddenly in one place sleeping somewhere dry with food on our fucking table. It's a fucking miracle. And that's the humility that we are, that we are still, we're still managing to carry on. Yeah. I I think of that phrase often of, um, was it from Hollywood where uh, nobody knows anything? And there was a famous, uh, I think it was a, a writer or TV producer, and he realised, that a film producer realised that actually no one knew what they were doing and no one really knew what was going to be a hit. And throughout my life, I've realised that's often the case, uh, even in places where you, th- you nothing to do with the entertainment industry. I was looking at, uh, at the time of recording this, you know, we've just been watching uh, Mark Zuckerberg at uh, the congressional hearing defending Facebook. And there were moments where I looked at him and I went, you've got no fucking idea what's going on, pal, have you? And he really, he looked, you know, absolutely terrified. 
and like he was really out of his depth. And I think part of what's going on with, probably with him, brilliant for him. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he's had very, such an easy time. Yeah, for the last twenty years, <laughs> yeah, he's yes, been the guy yes. who basically can do no wrong, do what the fuck he likes. This must have been like, what? How did this suddenly come into my life? I had it all fucking yeah. sewn up. I was just like the guy yeah. from Facebook. Must have given him a well needed. Wake he up looked cool. like he was shaking to his very core. Well, I'm and glad. he, and, and for him in a, in a, in a nice I got a lot of respect for him actually. Yeah, he's going exactly. to appreciate. Uh, he's going to appreciate a few things after this, right? And I don't <laughs> bear him any ill will at all. I think he's an incredibly bright guy. It's amazing what he's achieved. People think Facebook's one idea. It isn't. Facebook is a journey of innovation that is beyond anything anyone else has achieved no, to, in the to, past to, to create a Facebook what it's done to our culture and whatever yeah. for good and for ill and like the amount of people that I'm in touch with that I wouldn't be yeah. in touch with and the the beauty of people to sharing this image or that bit mm. of poetry or a link to something political it's like for whatever anyone says negative about yeah. Facebook, as a news feed of and I know there's a danger in only mm. being fed the things you're interested in and I think there should be a law in Facebook, mm. that all profiling, also for Google, mm. that once a week, maybe Sunday, yeah. everybody gets the opposite profile than they've oh, been yes. profiled through their feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that should be a law. Yeah. Um, obviously, six days a week, still get the same shit. We all hate Donald Trump, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, um, you know, all yeah. the terrible things of the world. But, but pro-Trump, pro-conservative, yes. All the opposite of your values, yeah. sports. I don't know whether they're in sports. You know, shit that you would never normally yeah. get. I think that would be like like healthier. But apart from that, who can yeah. complain that this beautiful way that we can share images and poetry and links and politics and music and our mm. own art and our own events and stay in touch with an old school friend who's in Australia who you would never stay in touch with otherwise. Mm. And people, you know, God, the the exponential, accumulative power yeah. of everybody sharing what's exciting them that day yeah. is a wonderful community web to be part of. I mean, you can be too it much, is, yeah. but especially in this slightly, you know, I'd like to go and see more flesh and blood friends. Believe me, I would, mm. but I'm in Oxford. <laughs> I've got my kids there. I don't really know anyone in Oxford. Even yeah. I've been there like four years. So I'm only there with my kids. So, People yeah. say, yeah, but why don't you get more flesh and blood friends? You know what I mean? I don't have very many flesh and blood friends. I certainly mm. don't have them within a three-mile, five-mile area of where I live, mm. unfortunately, uh, when I'm at home with the kids. So I just think people complain about it. I think it's an amazing, amazing thing. It is, thing. yeah. And I'm not saying he he should get the credit for it because no one could have imagined mm. when you started doing it that it would be this. It's not he thought. But he's been very, what, what people perhaps don't appreciate always is that it wasn't just he created one social network. He he innovated so relentlessly in ways that annoyed his user base and was willing to annoy everybody again and again and again in order to make it the most powerful and most comprehensive social network in the world. And that's what I find is so impressive. And on the flip side, he looks like a man who's generally not crossed his mind what he's created. He, he On the other hand, he, he looks like he doesn't know what he's done, and you could see it yesterday. And maybe in this should hearing. But there was, a, you know, the the fact that we, it, it it does serve up stuff that you like, and nothing else. Uh, you know, if I put anything in that isn't completely, you know, normal left wing liberal, and go, look, here's an interesting viewpoint from the other side. Nobody likes it, so nobody sees it. So because nobody, as soon as it, unless it be amazing it gets, if you um, could do it in your settings, just say one day a week, give me. Not everyone has to. I do it. I would love it, and in fact, I you know deliberately I follow. Um, you know, activate a Tory momentum. And I follow momentum, which are, you know, t- two two extreme ends of the political scale in the UK. Plus I follow the centrists because I want to see, I follow the, you know, I've liked the 
conservatives on Facebook, even though I wouldn't normally vote for them or ever, I would never vote for them. And they, I want to see that their viewpoint because otherwise you would believe that they never do anything right whatsoever. The government has never done a good thing in its in the last however many years. So it, we, it's, it's quite important that we get this um, stuff. And so it's a, it is interesting, and there's, I suppose it's a chain. It's a time in history when a lot of things are getting shaken up. We went through an era where we thought startups were, you know, the new golden boys, which generally boys, and they couldn't do anything wrong, and uh, were very impressed, of course, by what they achieved. And now people are starting to turn the other way and go, "Well, is are they a net force for good or not?" Which is a, a worthwhile thing to question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sometimes I think about that when I help people put ideas into action. Well, how do we know that these are these ideas are going to have uh, going to make the world better? Because you could help somebody put an idea into the world which doesn't make the world better. No, and you can offer somebody a glass of water, very sweet, because they look thirsty and mm. they feel so disempowered and embarrassed and ashamed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you don't <laughs> right. know how your gift is going to be received. Yeah, you know if you you, you can research as much as possible and hopefully mm. you know but the chaos of something that makes facebook facebook mm. or makes dido dido mm. you know what i mean like the fact that that girl <laughs> you're not that a dido time, fan are you i'm a massive dido fan <laughs> oh what are you oh, well, sorry <laughs> but it was a mystery yes for her to become an artist that outsold madonna 10 to 1 <laughs> it just was a mystery right. not that she's rubbish she's fantastic okay. yeah. but the where it the stratospheric nature of what yeah. happened and the combination you couldn't Especially in, fa- in 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 the band we were in, where mm. she was she was the backing vocalist with Pauline mm. Taylor. Pauline Taylor was like the artist that was everyone was what the new Tracy yeah. Chapman, incredible lyric, and never, you know, right. particularly made it. And Dido, who didn't necessarily mm. wasn't necessarily sure that she even was going to do a career in music. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. we were all just in the bus. Um, became this utter stratospheric artist. It shows you that there's no way you can control what your project is going to do in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's just a total mystery, mm. roll of the dice. I've had records that got A-listed on Radio 1 and was going to be the big thing that was going to da-da-da-da-da mm. and it just fucking went in at 23 and out the next week. <laughs> and I've had other ones that, that no one had even thought was going to be a single yeah. and suddenly got picked up by a parade and... Mm. number two or number one in 17 countries within three months <laughs> makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and mm. you, if there was a formula I think we would know it by now the only yeah. thing we can make sure of so we're having a really really good inspiring and yeah kind respectful time while we're creating and going yeah. wow we get to do this I really like that yeah that's nice and then we just whatever's happening we're trying to do we yeah we're putting some love into the world of nothing else. Yeah, and afterwards, was it time well spent? That's what you're going to ask yourself on your mm. deathbed. Was that time well spent? Mm. And any time you were doing something, you were enjoying yourself, mm. you're going to think that was time. If I told you now, like, your deathbed's waiting over there, we've had it all night, mm. you're going to die this afternoon, and you had to today look back over your life. Mm-hmm. Think about the times where you were in a flow state, when you were enjoying doing the project for love. Yeah. Was that time well spent? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Think of the times you slogged away for getting slightly less pay than you thought you were going to get yeah. to and they agonised and how it was always late and you were exhausted and going to the fridge and going to the crack pipe and <laughs> that wasn't time well spent. Like Just the, go to the um, deathbed and look back and you can make all your decisions. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's the criteria for all my important decisions. There's a good line by um, Neil Gaiman where he says, he says, whenever I did something just for the money. Exactly. He says, it, it, it never really worked out well. And I usually didn't get the money either. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think I can, I can really relate to that. Yeah. So for any, have you got any messages out there for someone who's wants to do a creative project but something's blocking them? I think you're rather good at this sort of thing, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, there is some excitement, clearly, but they're, not, they're just not doing it. Well, it could be so many reasons. There are a few things that if you take on board might help those reasons dissolve. For mm. instance, one major reason might be that you think it's important what people think of it when you've finished. Mummy, don't look at my drawing, it's not finished. That you think it matters, you out of everybody in doing their million billion mm. projects, that if you did something half-assed, anyone would give a shit. Mm. And there's a kind of a shame attached to it. I can only put something out if it's great. Yeah. Drop it. Right. One, it's not up to you if it's great or not. Mm. Two, you have to put out some great, some medium, some even if you're fucking Bjork, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, John Lennon, they put out a lot of shit songs. Yeah. Um, first of all, just let what's first of all, let what's come through come through. Don't pre-edit. Yeah. That it's so fucking important that everyone thinks you're great. It's mm. not. They're looking at their phone. They don't give a shit. Worry about it when you've done something good, and then you can start having an argument. Just yeah. do a whole load of stuff, whether it's good or not. Just enjoy it. No yeah. one has to see it. That's the first thing. But also drop that it's so important that you, you don't yeah. put out mediocrity. Everyone does good stuff, bad stuff, mm. medium stuff, amazing stuff. It's not up to you. The second thing is... Get comfortable with the feeling when you're starting to a project, which is the feeling of chaos that your ego is trying to protect you from. Mm. So often you won't write a song because you're looking at your guitar on the other side of the room and just looking at it gives you a sinking feeling. Mm. Or just looking at your laptop to start writing this project gives mm. you a sinking feeling. The reason it gives you a sinking feeling is this, and this is gold. In order to channel through the great genius, which is going to be the fulfilling project that brings peace to earth and you know everything you've wished you could ever do it comes through you in your flow state your clever little 75 percent mind is not going to be the thing that comes up with the great big idea it's going to come to you the great idea comes in it's a receptive thing an idea pops into your head inspiration inspiration mm. there's the clue um so the ego normal you that thinks you're in control of your life that's been running head fuck fm all this mm. time it is very comfortable being in the driving seat. And for it to let go into that channel is a bit like a little child that doesn't want to be put to bed because it's too fun being awake. <laughs> your ego doesn't want to let go to the channel, but it has to take a back seat so that your yin, so that you're listening, mm. so that your big mind can drop into its flow state. And the way the ego stops you from doing that is it doesn't want to, like a little kid doesn't want to go to bed. It basically gives you a sinking kind of depressed feeling of demotivation, resistance, heaviness, a kind of pessimistic, non-specific energy. That sounds familiar. As a way to stop the, it's the way your ego is, is the little child not wanting to go to bed. Yeah. Because when you go to bed, then you can dream and then the big genius comes through. Right. So if your waking mind is like a little child, your genius is your sleeping mind and your listening mind. And so start your project. You've got to be okay with feeling that sinking feeling and going, I'm feeling the sinking mm. feeling, but I'm going to do it anyway. One of the ways I trick myself into doing that yeah is I say to myself, I'm only, if I have to do some writing, I don't have to do this, but like if, if I want to get something done or an edit or whatever, 
and I'm procrastinating, what I do is I, I say, I'm just going to do three minutes of work today. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to do. And of course, once you've done three minutes, you're in. Because it's yeah. only the doorway in that is the problem. Once you've done yeah. three minutes, you're into it. You're having a good time. But you only promise yourself that you have to do three minutes. And and anyone can do three minutes. Yeah. Anyone can grin and bear mm. to do fucking three, three minutes. If you can't grin and bear to do three minutes of this project, choose a different project. And I would probably say at that point, be willing to do three minutes, even if it feels really unpleasant. Yeah. Because... Three minutes. <laughs> it's only three minutes. Yeah. But guarantee, right. like, I do this with the Ramdas film that we're finishing mm. at the moment. I've got to look through four bits of it to make sure that the shots are just how I want them. And mm. I watch them, but I'm putting off watching it because, mm. one, I don't want the I sinking feeling of it not being right yet, and I can't bear mm. to have to do more work and it still not be right. <laughs> Two... Again, that ego thing of going into that creative space, is it going to give me anything? Why am I going mm. there? Like, is it going to feed any of my addictions? Am I going to be bored? I don't know. There's this mm. weird resistance that's pessimistic. But literally, the moment I have to just open up the first video and literally mm. within half an hour, I've watched all four of them, made notes, written mm. to the editor in New York, and mm. I've, I've, I've done it. All yeah. because it's an idea, a phantom in my mind. It's almost like this spray that the ego sprays to mm. make it smell horrid. To make it yeah. smell pessimistic. <coughs> you just got to not buy into it. And then one way is to only just say, I'm going to do two minutes worth. Yeah. So those are the two I things. Like one, don't be the child that won't go to bed. Like, feel the sinking feeling of the ego putting and mm-hmm. taking a backseat to the channel. And two, stop being so uptight about everyone thinking that what you do is so fucking important that it needs to be good. Yeah. Just do something. Yeah. So the fact that you did something is amazing, even if it's not good. Let's start with something. Then we'll worry about making something good. Yeah. Which brings back to the prolific. And it might come out good anyway. Like every time the first time I've done shit, like the first one, Giant Leap, was an unbelievable masterpiece, particularly the album, Mm. was just... Oh, it's beautiful, that album. Incredible. Like, you know, like... It's just perfect. The great great world music fusion album ever done, made by real people playing real instruments. Incredible. Mm. The world over. You know, Beginner's Mind made that album. Mm. It was an incredible flow that made that album mm. of total unexpected things that we could never have hoped for, like that vocal with Michael Stipe in yeah. Love the Way You Dream, meeting Asher Bosley from Bollywood, who just walked out of a hotel as we were walking past. Yeah. And our fixer said, that's Asher Bosley. And we got into a conversation set up in the garden. <laughs> she went and had her curry, then came out and did five minutes vocals really? that became one of the greatest tracks. You know, just Which track all, is that? Called Love the Way You Dream. Okay, right. Listen to that again. You can blend it in now. Yeah. Are we allowed to? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. So we're doing this love challenge, which is probably going to run this November. Well, there's where it's going to run this November. But you can still feel there's a little bit of uh, doubt in my voice. If, given I'm going to pull together lots of experts and uh, teachers and trainers and whatever about the subject of dating and love and relationships and loving yourself as well, mm-hmm. what is the most important thing for us to make sure we include in this course, the love challenge? The most important thing to make sure you include in the Love Challenge course is visibility and authenticity. Real mm. is the new sexy. Ooh. Yeah. So we have a game on the What About Intimacy workshop that you can nick. Mm. 
where you do an honest first date, like Lily, Lily Tomlin said, never marry anyone before you first had lunch with their ex-wife. Uh-huh. And so what you and I sit with a candle and it, mm. we model it like this. I say, I find mm. you very attractive. I really think this could go somewhere. Mm. But before we go any further, there's something I need to tell you. And then I share the last thing that you would ever share in a first date, almost like warning them off you. Like what ways are you psychopathic in relationship? We're going to spoil it all. Um, yeah. And what way, rather than find out in six months when you're shouting yeah. at some poor airline stewardess, um, mm. this is not the man I fell in love with. <laughs> Just to say that this is, this is how mm. I'm mad. A bit like that. Uh, so you have to admit it yourself. You come in, this, this is the way I screw things up. And this is, this is how mad worst. I am in relationship. Yeah. And then you get to ask a question, what do you mm. need? Like, and then it's your go. You say to me, I find you very attractive. I think this could go somewhere. Before we go any further, I have to tell you. And then you tell me, like, you know, yeah. if I ever see you talking to another, you know, mm. love interest, I'm going to have a panic attack and vomit in the corner. Yeah. And they go, oh, really? What, what do you need? That? Like this guy Tapkin yeah. says, we need, you need to get each other's user manual quick. Yeah. Uh, and not lie. You know, what we normally go into a first date and it's like, oh, I won't be any trouble. Those people into mm. drama, oh, they're not like <laughs> us. And you just sell this fake, loved up dopamine mm. version of yourself. Don't do that. So to actually be you, mm. and then when someone falls in love with you, they're actually falling in love with you. And actually yeah. remember also in that process, so that's that game, you do three each, but also remember that it's your eccentricities that make people fall in love with you, mm. not your appropriateness. Don't come as the groom, normal, chino jeans-wearing, sort of gap-homogenized version of a being. Yeah. It's actually, when you fall in love with anybody, it's because mm. of their uniqueness. It's because they're a bit mad like this, or they're yeah. a bit edgy like that, or they're a bit brave like this, or they're a bit this or that. Be as broad a version of yourself yeah. as you can rather than a one to win their approval or to yeah. be appropriate. You're not trying to fit a key in a lot. This is not a strategy of manipulation. In fact, mm-hmm. all manipulation and strategy when it comes to dating or relationships is self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you have to counterintuitively give up all the other strategies people have told you on this course yeah. and just be yourself yeah. and trust that. Not just be yourself like you need to be sobbing that your aunt's a heroin addict. I'm not saying yeah. just like every, you know... But, but really a much broader version of the actual quirky lunatic that you really are and the yeah. things that make you twinkle and the things that your dark humour... Don't hold back your dark humour. Yeah. Don't hold back your mischief. Don't hold back your homogenised... You know, don't create some homogenised version of what you think they want. You're not yeah. selling yourself to them. Just be you. And try, if you just be unvarnishedly, soberly, humbly you... Mm. Um, without being sort of self-deprecating and small, because mm. that's not you either, just you naturally not manipulating, then you will have the best chance to magnetise someone. That, and to most people, it's such a fucking relief yeah. to be with someone actually just being themselves. That's what is the highest commodity, is mm. people comfortable enough to just be themselves. When you meet someone like that, mm. you'll think, fuck, I want what they've got. So it's don't very manipulate it, just be you. And I think it actually crosses over into branding and marketing. and, oh, and because. Branding and marketing, don't listen to him. We want the actual you. That's what we want, just the actual you. But you you, you make out that branding and marketing is a bad thing. It is when you're talking about dating. It's just because I've got two things on my mind. I've got the like, how do you make a business work? I'm calling calling your therapist. (laughs) We won't help. Um, no, but the, the 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 reason why is because last time we spoke, because like I said, I watched rewatched our interview yesterday as homework. Um, you talked about you know the the stars we fall in love with, or at least this is my interpretation of it. 
also are the people who show their flaws. Yeah. So we love Russell. Well, those of us who love Russell Brown, which is quite a lot of people, love him because he's an addict and he's a narcissist. And he says he's an addict and yeah, a narcissist. Just be the And the people who can't are. cope with that and don't like show-offs, you know, they will have a violent reaction against him, but that's fine. It, it creates a very strong magnetic uh, attraction. When people, real is the new sexy. Not yeah. doing real, being real. And Russell slips yeah. in and out of doing it and being it as we all do. Yeah. But, you know, like when, when we're teaching in our workshops, when we're writing in our books, when we're doing all this, just actually just be the actual you. How mm. about that? Well, let's just try it for a fucking week. <laughs> try being the actual you. This could be a whole workshop in itself, you know. I like this. They're idea. all that. That's all the workshops are, be the actual really? you. Really? They're just in different forms, whether it's a creative project or yeah, shadow work. Yeah. Shadow work is bringing back all the characters that live inside you that you've been pushing away and be the actual you. Be this yeah. and you're that and you're this and you're that. And you welcome them all home and say, sorry, I gave you such old data and crap jobs to do. Yeah. What would you rather do? Yeah. So that was that, that's your central idea, I think, is really nice, which is that, you have to, all these bits of yourself that you've cut off, you go, that's too neurotic, that's too needy, that part of me is too too much of a show-off or whatever it might be. You you, re, you you say you re-employ them. You take those parts back into yourself and use them because otherwise you're going to be presenting what you describe once as a crippled brochure version of yourself yeah. rather than the, the real rounded person that you are. And that doesn't mean you show everyone everything all the time. And here are my nipples. Yeah. There's a long way between how we are now in our uptight, hidden, dishonest mm. way we are with each other to mm. the nth degree of honesty. We don't have to, it's like, you don't yeah. have to go all the way, but there's a lot further we could go. Yeah. It's like the guy who, the head of the vegan, whatever, he goes, so many people say to me, because I would be vegan, but I can't eat cheese. I mm. can't give up cheese. And he's like, fine. Be a vegan, except cheese. That would be amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the same with this kind of visibility, honesty, yeah. authenticity, edginess. It's like, I'm not saying you have to be fucking Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, lunatic, yeah. you know, but there's a lot, you could go an inch further. Yeah. You could go probably a foot further and just be less terrified of what they might be thinking. Yeah. And less yeah. monitoring and strategizing and manipulating. And that, it's the opposite of all the DVD box sets that tell you how to do a job interview. Be this for them. Mm. And um, and I think there's, you know, there is a, in, in NLP as well, there is a tendency where it can be manipulated to control mm. others. Yeah. And to, like, is it, is it, it's a very low-level reptilian-based chakra kind of caveman way to go. But, but I think we can evolve out of how can I use my powers and my things I know about people to get the best result for myself. It's yeah. a very scrabbly, scarcity, begging yeah. kind of crappy way to operate. So if you're doing that NLP, how can I strategically know about them and then choose to mm. do this or that? You're basically saying to the universe, I need to scrabble around like a little rat in the litter to get the crumbs. And so the universe just gives you more of that. Because, yeah, yeah well, that's the operate level you want to operate on, a sort of beggar scavenger uh, scarcity paradigm yeah. that needs to manipulate. You're saying, I need to manipulate to get what I want. Okay, let's, let's give them lots of that. But if you say, no, I can get what I want and have an easeful life and have beautiful connections, actually mm. being the actual me. Yeah. And sometimes discerningly more for some people than others. I'm not saying everything mm. for everybody. You discern some people can handle more of you. Some people can, you know, like your parents might not be able to hardly handle any of you. Yeah. You'd be discerning about that. You don't force your parents, no, you have to see me. It's like, yeah, you, right. don't force people out of their capacity. Be yeah. discerning and compassionate to them as well as yourself of who's ready for which bits mm. of you. It's not being fake. Mm. And, uh, but really broaden how much you can show as much as, as, much mm. as possible. Leave that uptightness about what everyone thinks behind starting a thing called the Academy of the Sacred Fool oh, to yeah. teach exactly that for all teachers, facilitators, healers, helpers. That's good. Clowns, yeah. 
Yeah. Be the actual you. I'd say, yeah. The actual you is uniquely, valuably, amazingly mm. hilarious with all your dark humour and all mm. your silly ways, self-deprecating ways you talk about your vulnerability and everything else like that. Mm. It's a breath of fresh air. The actual you is a breath mm. of fresh air, is the truth. You just being honestly you about how you feel, what you're needing, how crazy you were yesterday gives everyone, ah, oh, I can be real too. What a fucking relief. Yeah. Excellent. Real is a new sexy. I like that. I'll stick that on my wall. Stick it, baby. So uh, if we want to find out more about what you're doing, where do we go? jamiecatto.com. You can sign up for a nows letter. You get a free intimacy nows letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it just, you know, all the dates of the workshops, the Ramdas film, the albums, all the things that are coming out are um, yeah. emailed to people. And one in 10 people or whatever it is, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. even know that you emailed them. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> like, what's that all about? Oh, well, because no one opens emails. No anymore. one even opens them after all that. <laughs> after all that, you know, thing. Like, if you're getting a 10% opening rate, you're doing incredibly, apparently. Like, it's just like, what's, yeah. what is it all about? You, I'm the same, though. If I see something coming as a surgeon, yeah. unless it's very few things, yeah. I will probably erase it. But you post stuff on Facebook as well, which, and I think that's quite a good place to follow you. It's nice for me, actually. It's a yeah. good level of like what I'm thinking that day yeah. in, in a 20-second form. There's been some really profound shit on there. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I love that medium for me. It's perfect. It's a shame everyone's leaving Facebook because I've just found my medium. I could do it on Instagram. No, we're not yet. Don't worry. So, uh, yeah, so that's good. I mean, you've got the book, which is uh, Insanely, Insanely Gifted, gifted uh, which is a good uh, pricey of your of your wisdom. And uh, the Ramdas film, when do you think that's going to come out? It'd be amazing if it came out this year. Um, I think it's going to be called Becoming Nobody. But mm. by the time anyone sees this podcast, it might have been called Three Other Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not sure of the title. We were going to call it Walking Each Other Home, but then mm. he's calling his new book that. Also, someone did a short about him called Going Home. Yeah. So home, home is stuff. gone. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I look forward to that. And thank you so much for, for doing it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes, along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast. Podcast.